Hello again, this is Greg Aiden for another episode of Servant Leadership Podcast and coming to you live from Denver. If any of you have ever heard of the word hospitality, you know of the organization called OHOA, Asian American Hotel Owners Association. And today I have the great pleasure of interviewing not only a hospitality legend relative to leadership, but someone who's just recently taken the, the control the, uh, of AHOA, and uh, he's CEO and president, uh, Mr. Ken Green. Ken, how are you today? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. I know you know a lot of people that will be watching this, but for the people that don't know you, Ken, where are you from? Where did you come from? Why the hospitality industry? And then I know the question that I'm dying to ask you is why? What's your why? And why are you involved in AHOA? Yeah, so... Uh... Yeah, you know what? I've had a great journey uh, in, in life and, and, and in my career. I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, great parents had a father who uh, who's a scientist, a PhD in chemistry, and my mother was in education. And uh, you know, I think they they grounded uh, you know our family really well. Uh, taught us a you know a couple you know really valuable lessons and and how to treat people, uh, mm -hmm. integrity, uh, always never you know continue to learn. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great background for, for, I think anybody to grow up in. And so, you know, I couldn't be more appreciative of what my parents did for, for, for me in the, in the beginning years. Uh, I had a, you know, went to a small school called Swarthmore College, a small liberal arts school outside of Philadelphia and went to grad school in uh, University of Texas, Dallas, and, uh, and uh, got into the hospitality industry Really, uh, through uh, uh, through acquisition, um, hmm. I was the head of strategic planning for Coldwell Banker, and uh, in 1996, HFS, which is you know sure. predecessor company to to Wyndham today, yeah, bought uh, Coldwell Banker, and I went to work for Steve Holmes, who became <laughs> the chairman for for Wyndham, and. Uh, and what a great career. I mean, I was a young guy. I didn't know much, thought I knew more than I did. Of course. Uh, and, uh, and you know, that HFS Ascendant uh, Wyndham World opened up, you know, huge doors for me. Uh, entered into the hospitality industry as the, the chief financial officer uh, for the hotel group. Uh, big job back in 2001. And, uh, you know, I was never really a finance guy. I was really more of a strategy uh, 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 person. Sure. And uh, ended up running brands. Uh, so, you know, uh, set up a new strategic plan for, for, for Wyndham um, and uh, for the hotel group. And then ended up uh, running into, into uh, operations and ran my first brand was Howard Johnson and then Travelodge, <laughs> Days In, the Ramada. Sure. Great career. Yeah. Great. Well, how did, tell me about the people that helped you, Ken, become the the hospitality professional you are, I understand that you've had some great mentors in your, your career, like most of us. And then tell us a little bit about who they are in, in brief, but more, I'd like to talk about how you have mentored other people. And what is it like to take a, a young man, a young woman under your wing, so to speak, and, and show them the ropes, but really get them to understand what the hospitality industry is all about. Yeah, so, you know, I've had a bunch of mentors uh, throughout, throughout my life. I'll, I'll focus on one, but what I will say is that I think, you know, you, you can learn from any, any leader and any person of what, what to do and what not to do. And yeah. so I think everybody's a mentor in one way or another. Uh, but I, uh, I was fortunate early in my career, uh, right out of grad school, uh, I worked for a financial services company and uh, we took it public. The guy that came in as the uh, as the president of the company was a retired admiral, 
uh, and uh, Admiral Ott. And uh, he taught me an awful lot. Uh, he taught me more probably in, 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 uh, in one year than I learned in 20 years. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, taught me about the art of war. Uh, and how, how to apply that to business. And that sounds like, you know, a battle, but, it, uh, you know, a book, but it really isn't. Sure. It's talking about, you know, deploying your team in the right mm -hmm. way, having the right strategic plans, uh, you know, understanding the lay of the land, building a, you know, building a competitive plan to, to succeed and really, you know, win the war before it's ever fought. Uh, and in our world and business, you know, that's, uh, that, that's an important thing to do. And, uh, you know, he, he, he told, you know, he also taught me, he said, let's do three things in life. Uh, you know, uh, never stop learning, uh, be a sponge. Mm -hmm. uh, the day you stop learning is this day you, you shouldn't be on this earth. Yep. The second thing, and I think it served me well, and I think it served uh, uh, folks that I've mentored well as uh, also, is never uh, do, do the things that you really don't want to do, or if somebody asks you to do it, either in your personal life or your business life, that you really don't want to do it. Because uh, you don't like it, uh, do it with the same passion as, as the things you like. Um, because sometimes those just open up doors mm -hmm. uh, that uh, you know. Because nobody else wants to do these things, and so if your boss comes to you and says, "Hey, I want you to go, you know, sweep the floors," and you don't want, you know, maybe you should go do that. Uh, you know, maybe it's a bad example, but I understand. Uh, but that may open up doors for you, and I can count on numerous times uh, in my career where that served me well. And and the third thing he said to do. Uh, and I've, I've always taken this to heart is you never forget your roots mm -hmm. uh, never forget what got you to uh, where you uh, where you where you are today. Remember the people that that helped you along the way. And when you get into that type of position uh, to help others uh, do that, uh, remember yeah. what others did for you and and do the same. And so I think that's really important. And, uh, and as I've, uh, uh, you know, sort of, you know, had success in my career one of the great enjoyment uh, enjoyments i've had is to help other people achieve things they never thought they could achieve ken why ahoa and tell us tell us your your true why for being there but what is your what is your desire for hoa relative to leadership if you don't mind yeah sure i mean listen um uh, ahoa uh my relationship with AHOA members go back 20 years ago mm -hmm. when, I, when I first ran Howard Johnson and went to my very first AHOA conference back out in Long Beach, California. Uh, I think that was 2003. And I, I was, was a young guy, a young guy and, a, and a, you know, there was a bunch of AHOA members that really helped me out. Now, uh, gave me good advice. And, they've been, you know, to this day, they're, they're dear friends. Now, you know, many AHOA members have been my franchisees mm -hmm. uh, in the various brands that I've run over the years. Uh, and listen, I, I got a great affinity, uh, to the association, uh, to the, you know, to the members and their success. They, they really, the, the story of the American dream, some yeah. of them coming over, sweeping the parking lot of their uncle's hotel today have 30, 40 hotels. What a great story and mm -hmm. uh, to, to tell. And so, uh, I have a lot of respect for, for, for AHOA and what it's done. Um, I spent a, a piece of my career out in Hong Kong and running Asia Pacific and really being, you know, uh, immersed in different cultures and, uh, and, and have really found that to be, uh, you know, a passion of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so I get that with AHOA as well. And so this is a, a time for me to give back. Um, right. I've had a lot of success in my career. Uh, I think, uh, you know, as a leader, 
uh, in the industry, uh, I can't think of a better place to be than, than AHOA, where we've got 20,000 members. They now own 60% of the hotels in the United States, 34,000 awesome. hotels. I mean, they're contributing almost $380 billion to the U.S. economy. It is a wonderful association. Yep. And I think we are now poised to, uh, to continue on and, and really be the voice of hotel owners, uh, whether you came from India or not. Right. Uh, uh, for the entire industry uh, representing hotel owners. And that's what I would like to, to, to bring, um, to get, a, it, to get uh, the AHOA members, the board, um, our officers, our team members at AHOA, all on the same page uh, and, uh, and really working towards adding value to our memberships, uh, membership, but also to, to be a, a true leader in the industry on, on key issues, whether they're political advocacy, franchise advocacy, education, you know, talent development, or just bringing people together, um, uh, vendors, industry partners, and, uh, and and members together. The people in AHOA that I have been be, been working with or have worked with for 16 and a half years, I would say are some of the hardest working human beings I've ever met. Dedicated to not only their family and their family's legacy, but they have a, a desire to truly serve other people in a hospitable way. And you and I can tell stories all day about the person who has a 16 room exterior corridor. And next, next thing you know, they're being approved for a Howard Johnson's or a Days Inn or a Holiday Inn Express or a Hampton. And like you said, they, they now own a significant amount of all the hotels in the United States. And I don't believe the, the normal public person walking around staying at these assets have a clue how powerful and how wonderfully generous AHOA is and the members of. So it, maybe we, we save that for another show, but I, I really want Ken Green, you to now get inside your, your leadership heart and, and talk about what you believe leadership means today and what do we need more of? Yeah. Yeah. I think we need uh, more of, of being together. Um, I, I think, you know, uh, I, th I think in our world today, everything's so divisive, and um, and uh, with COVID, we've been physically apart, uh, and uh, and I think that's you know that's caused a, you know a series of different types of issues in terms of communicate how we communicate and how how we work together as as teams, and uh, it's a difficult environment, um, and so I think listen as a leader. Uh, you got to constantly be communicating. You got to constantly uh, uh, try to, to to help develop your team members. Uh, you know, you know where you got uh, you know uh, team members that have a weakness to to really try to to help them improve that um, and and, uh, and and give them your experience and your thoughts and uh, and, uh, and and give them the tools uh, to to succeed uh, and on their strengths to to make sure that we're. We're capitalizing and using everything that they they bring to the table, all the talents they bring uh, bring to the table. I think good leaders uh, identify that those those issues and they build plans uh, yeah. uh, on both of those. I think on communication, I think great leaders adapt their communication style uh, to their uh, to their team members. Uh, they don't demand the other way. Uh, you, know, yeah. you know, listen as as a leader. Uh, you really need to understand, you know, how people like to receive in, uh, their communication. Do they like it in writing? Do they like it verbally? Uh, you know, <laughs> do you have to create a visual picture. What sure. is it? Um, and I think you need to change your communication um, uh, uh, to to different individuals. And I think that's part of it. I think you know, leading by example is always an important thing. And mm -hmm. to me, uh, that is, you know, 
is really, you know, having empathy um, uh, when you need to, but being, you know, being direct um, and yeah. open and transparent uh, and dealing with, uh, with integrity. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, when you commit to do something, you know, you do it, you know, accurately and timely and, uh, uh, or you don't commit to it. And right. so, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, and then when you make a mistake, uh, you know, hey, you know, failure is okay. So I think great leaders encourage failure. Yes. Without that, you don't know success. What I would say is just don't fail at the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you fail at something, learn from it. Uh, and uh, so you can do it better later on down the road. Um, and I, so I think, you know, having this type of culture where people, uh, you know, have the you know, responsibility and the authority to go get the job done, and then you're holding them accountable. Yes, I think those are peak performance, uh, you know, uh, uh, cultures uh, where, you know, where you can recognize people, reward them for their, their efforts. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's, to me, uh, the type of uh, environment I like to lead within and like to create as a leader. Yeah. Um, but I think you're all, always trying to, uh, you know, uh, you know, check your ego at the door, roll up your sleeves, help, uh, you know, help your team members out. If you know, listen again. If I got to drop down and sweep the floors, um, I will do that. If that is probably not the best use of my time, but if that's the right example for that moment, yep. if that helps us longer, uh, long term, uh, in developing you know talent or solving an issue, then so be it. And uh, that's what I should do. You've touched on uh, at least four of my five principles, Ken, and that's integrity. Uh, I am, I am my word. Accountability clearly speaks for itself. Uh, you mentioned uh, humility or empathy. To me, humility and empathy are next door neighbors. Right. And, and you said it's not about you; it's about the other person. And I, I coach from the inside out, and I, I encourage people to show up as the best version of themselves. And based on how you're parented, how you're led, perhaps influences that a little bit. We can talk about parenting, leadership, and the synergies or the similarities there. Uh, all day, but the uh, the other principle I'd like for you to comment on is how we communicate with courage. How are we courageous with our word? A to want to have a conversation that's going to change the outcome of this situation and perhaps the relationship. But when when I when you hear that courageous conversation, what what comes to your mind and 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 how do you communicate with courage? Yeah, no, I think that's being direct and transparent and um, and you know. You know, if you're dealing with a, you know, a team member um, and, uh, you know, you see something not going, uh, going well, or they're not doing, you're not addressing an issue well, or they're not performing well. I think, you know, having those coaching conversations very early on um, and very direct um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, you know, listen, people try to, sometimes they try to avoid those, 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 uh, those conversations, but you're, you're not serving anybody well not the organization not yourself as a leader and mm-hmm. certainly not the person that uh, that needs to, uh, to to improve improve performance in whatever way they need to and I think that's that that is being direct and transparent and open and uh, and not being afraid to have that discussion in a way that is productive um, yeah. it, it, hey this is about getting you to uh, you know a better place. Uh, it's about uh, developing uh, your 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 skill set. It's about contributing more to the organization that you're part of, and hopefully, uh, adding to your opportunities in the future to to grow within this organization or another one. Yep. Uh, and so I think that's you know it's not a you know nice to do or you know you think you should do. It's a must must do, 
Well, um, and so, uh, and Ken, what, what, what I'm, yeah, and I, I hear it's not a must to, but as I like to say, it's a get to. Yeah. We get to have these courageous conversations with the people that we say are important. And I'm just going to shift over to parenting for a minute. I have a 10 and a 12 year old and I'm, and I'm sitting here thinking about would I avoid talking to my sons about something really important so they would change their behavior and be more kind and considerate and, and more humble or would I, of course I wouldn't. So why would we do that with someone on our team? And what I hear you saying is be direct, be authentic, be upfront about what it is you want to do. But then the, so that the reason we're having these conversations is so everyone can grow and get better. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And I think it actually extends to, uh, you know, to relationships with, with your, your customers um, mm -hmm. and, um, and, 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 and those, those people that you serve. Um, I think one of the best words in, in the dictionary is no. Yes. Maybe one of the more difficult uh, words for people to utter sometimes because they're trying to cater to everybody. Um, but I think, listen, when you, when, there's, when you can't do something, to be able to look somebody in the eye and say, no, I just can't do that for these reasons. Mm -hmm. But here is what I can do yep. uh, and why, and why that might be meaningful to you uh, 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 and, and in place of the thing that you asked for. I, I think that's, uh, those are conversations people try to avoid. They, they sort of skirt around. They never, you know, you, you, you never really have, well, let me look into it. Give me some time to look at when you know, the answer is no. And so, I think the no conversation is a tough one, uh, but I think actually you can turn that around to very positive and, and that, uh, you know, as you peel the onion in that conversation, maybe you find that uh, what was being asked for was, was, well, maybe there was a different purpose than you had thought. Uh, yeah. and maybe there's a different solution, right? So. And I, I believe that uh, agreement is more powerful than expectation. That's a whole coaching distinction that I use. And when you ask somebody if they will do something, not can they, but will they, they can say yes or no. And that's an agreement. And, and I also share with my clients that a commitment is no. A commitment is no, I won't. Yeah. So lo love what you're saying. Uh, in, in closing up, Ken, I, if, if you could talk to the 24-year-old or the 26-year-old version of yourself, yeah. there's going to be thousands of people who are 20 to 30 years old listening to this. What would you tell them about how to be a better leader? I know what you stood for and what you believe leadership is, but in today's world, what do we want the younger leaders that are going to be leading our organizations as we ride out into the sunset? What advice would you give them? Yeah, so I, you know, I'd go back to the advice I got from the Admiral on the three things of, you know, okay. be a sponge, uh, you know, uh, do all the things that, uh, you know, you don't want to do uh, with as much passion and then never forget your roots and be humble and, and, and give back. I think those are important uh, three yep. things. Um, uh, but I, you know, I would also say that I think in today's world, um, it is important for everybody, but particularly for leaders and young leaders to walk, to, to, to visualize walking in each other's shoes. Mm. Um, and we all come from different places, different backgrounds. Um, uh, we've had different experiences, uh, some that uh, maybe we, we may be aware of each other, maybe we, we, we aren't, but are aware of those. But I think uh, the, the, the journey of, of, of sort of visualizing walking in each other's shoes, uh, I, I think gives you perspective and context uh, and helps you become a better, uh, a better leader. And um, 
I think it's so easy sometimes just to put things within your your own context and your own experiences, uh, and that may be not that accurate. Uh, that's very uh, yeah, you sort of have blinders on, and I think that's what I, uh, you know, that's one of the things I learned when I was out in the, um, uh, in, in Asia uh, deal, dealing with multiple cultures. Sure. Is, you know, you think even certain words, English words, uh, there have different meanings in uh, in different countries, and so just to be aware of cultural differences. Uh, being aware of uh, uh, that people have different backgrounds and different experiences and really trying to put yourself into their shoes when you're having, uh, you know, any type of discussion, whether it's with a customer, with a, whether it's with a team uh, member, uh, whether you're managing up or you're managing down, I think it's important to have that context. And, so. Well, young leaders, if you're listening to this, I've been doing this coaching for a lot of years now, and you're listening to someone who's led a lot of people and had been led by other great people Courage and humility are two of the most difficult principles for leaders, leaders to get a grasp of. And I say humility is difficult for leaders because they, they believe they've earned a spot and they don't need to listen. They believe they, they deserve to, to tell people what to do. And, and I'm telling you right now, that's not great leadership. Ken Green just mentioned that one of the most valuable things young leaders can do is have empathy and humility, understand where other people are coming from so that you can understand why it's important that they're behaving the way they are. Now, a leader can always step in and, and tell people what to do, but understanding where someone is coming from, like you said, Ken, putting yourself in their shoes. And frankly, some people don't even wear shoes, but understand from where they're coming from so you can communicate with them. And we're in such a hurry today, Ken, to, to say yes and to appease and, and do every, all over promise and under deliver and if we could just slow down, that's the other advice I'd give the young leaders. If we could just take a breath, listen, and I mean with your eyes too, and understand where the other great advice can. I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate it, Greg. Hey, listen, I I wake up every day now and look in the mirror and I feel good about what I do. I'm 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 helping people every single day, and I think that's uh, that's what great leaders do. So, feels good, doesn't it? It does feel good. And I have to say. I, I love a man and a woman who get up every day and look in the mirror. And, and why I say that is because that's the person that gets to show up however he or she wants to based on that view in the morning. And if we get up and, and see a grump, you're going to go out and be that person. So um, I could talk to you all day about leadership, especially in this industry. I had no idea we had some similar backgrounds. We'll uh, appreciate you and good luck. Have a great day, Ken. All right. You too, Greg. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay,